Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Truth Revival. My name is Roman Hamilton. Paul, I believe this is season two, episode 21. 21. Here we go. (laughs) Counting them down. Wow, I can't believe it's episode 21 already. Spring is here. School is almost over. Summer's about to begin. What more could you ask for, right? Maybe laying in the creek. When it's 100 degrees, that's that's the next thing I'm looking forward to, really. You know something I've been doing here lately? I've been listening to uh, the old Alabama ooh, band. Ooh, yes. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Roll on highway, roll on along. That's the one. <laughs> uh, Song of the South, you know, just yeah, some, Sweet potato pie. Yeah, that's good. So uh, it, uh, with us today for our uh, guest, we have Mr. Holden Poole. Holden, are you a fan of Alabama? Classic country. You know, I, can, I can I can remember I can remember the days out in the woods riding the four wheelers, listening to a little Alabama. So yeah, it's got a it's got a nice little tune. That My man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, uh, um, Holden, um, thank you for joining us today, Paul. You you and your path crossed. You well, yeah, with, you Hol- paths with, yeah, with Holden. Yeah, well, I, I've never officially met him. I mean, we've talked over the phone and via Facebook a little bit, but. Uh, Holden, you live in Gaffney, South Carolina, correct? Yeah, yeah, this is uh, that's where I was born and raised, and then I'm stationed in Gaffney, South Carolina. Yep. So, so what do you do there? Uh, give us a little bit of your your history there, and then I'll go into then how the Lord kind of put this together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, grew up here in Gaffney, South Carolina. Uh, lived here my whole life. Um, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in September. I've uh, been married nine years, and I got three kids, but you know, uh, over the, the course of my life, you know, from growing up in a great Christian family home, uh, going off to college, you know, as a young man, had never that freedom. Um, it, it really uh, it, it kicked me in the mouth because, you know, when I had that freedom, I made a lot of bad choices and started started going down a lot of wrong roads. And so it led me to a, a path of rebelliousness and sin uh, for a long time in my life, several years, four or five years. And so, uh, I'm just grateful that God's hand was never taken off of me. You know, he continued to convict me and continued to, uh, hate to kind of put it this way, made me miserable a lot of times. You know, as I was living <laughs> the way of a transgressor so, is hard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, eventually uh, kind of stepped out of that, that lifestyle, surrendered my life to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm going to live for you no matter where it leads. So uh, five years in a textile mill here in, in Gaffney as a supervisor, I I got a business degree from Limestone, uh, four-year business degree. It took me about eight years to wrap that up, but uh, we uh, we got it done. Got it so done. So, you know, if, there's hope, if I can do it, there's hope for everybody. But no, we, uh, <laughs> I worked in the textile mill for five years, and God called me into full-time ministry. So uh, I was a student pastor at our church that me and my wife had attended for uh, four or five years, and then I, I became the student pastor there for two years, and we felt the Lord leading us to Easley, South Carolina, so we moved to Easley, South Carolina, where uh, I 
took a student pastor position at Five Point Church. Uh, and I was there two years, and, and God placed on our heart to come back to Gaffney, South Carolina, come back home and, and plant a church. So we started a church last July. It's called Rock Solid Community Church. I'm wow. a pastor. Uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been a crazy, and I'll be honest, it's been amazing what God's done in such a short time. But, you know, being a pastor there, and then also I'm a, I'm actually an area rep for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, so I minister to athletes in Cherokee County at Limestone University, Blacksburg High, and uh, also at Gaffney. And so I'm I'm all over the place with coaches and and athletes, and I love it because I'm a I'm a sports guy myself. And so God's allowed me to kind of take, you know, being a pastor and, and being an area rep for FCA, and they parallel well. And so it's been a a blessing, and and that's a short kind of summary of what God's done with me here in Cherokee County. So. That's that's awesome. <clears throat> you said you you attended Limestone and have your degree from there, and and that's kind of how we we met. My son plays lacrosse at Limestone, and uh, they're actually down in Tampa today fixing to play in the Final Four, of the Division Two NCAA tournament. So go Saints! <laughs> and uh, yeah. so uh, I I went to visit my son, and and we were we were having dinner, and and he was talking about uh, this guy that came and spoke to the team. And he's like, Dad, two guys gave their life to Jesus that night. And I'm thinking, and in my mind, I'm like, you know, your son's four and a half hours from home. So you're thinking, God, I hope he's living right. Because I know what I did when I went to college. I was a fool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got plumb stupid. And um, yeah. so I'm like, I hope he's living fine. And, and to hear that kind of come out, I, I mean, I'm sure he's no saint. And he's not, uh, you know, we all have our struggles. But uh, I often wonder, you know, How's he doing? What's going on? How's how things going to be? And uh, to hear that come out of his mouth that that a, a man came and spoke to his team and two life gave it off to the Lord and that he actually paid attention and knew what was going on. I, I, it kind of made me feel better, Holden. I'm not going to lie to you. And then the the greatest compliment I ever I've ever got uh, from anybody came from my son. He said, "Dad, this guy is just like you." <laughs> When he talks about the Lord, he holds nothing back. It's raw and it's real, and you can't do anything but believe what he's saying. And I thought, my God, that came out of my son's mouth. <laughs> and I and I thought, and when when I heard that, I thought, whoo, I want to meet this guy. You know, I mean, uh, uh, and, and say thank you first of all for being a light in the dark and uh, yeah. and and grabbing my son's attention. Uh, I think the Lord places people in your life when, when you're not in familiar territory, when, when, when the Lord's kind of moved you out to do something new or something different. And I mean, like he's taking him four and a half hours from home. He places people in your life to, to let you know, Hey, I'm still watching. I still got you. And I believe yeah. you're one of those guys for him, man. And I appreciate it because here's the deal holding my son. He, he's, he's hooked up with you in, in the spiritual realm. I feel like because every week he'll say, Hey, I've been checking, and I haven't heard that podcast with Holden Poole yet. And I'm like, I, and I told him, like, I said, it's next week, son. It's next week. So I just want to say, man, I appreciate it, and I think it's awesome um, what you're doing, and um, I love it, man. And I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. So I, I appreciate it, man. Hey, I, I can only hope and pray that you know I got three kids. They're all young right now: six year old, four year old, and two year old. But you know, I can only hope and pray that. There'll be somebody that's put in put in their life, you know, someday when they're at college or wherever they choose to go and whatever they choose to do. God will surround them with people that'll 
encourage them and spur them on. So I think it's like you said, it goes to show that even if your your kids sometimes act like they don't pay attention to you, they definitely are watching you and pay attention to you. So I think that's cool. So. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And, and you think about it, you know, um, since we decided this topic, I've been thinking, Rome, and, and studying a little bit about it. You know, in, in 2011, 75% of student athletes identified as Christian. I don't know, you know, 12 years later, if that's the same sentiment, uh, because there's no data that I could find saying what, what the percentage is today. And, um, the cool thing about sports that, that I've noticed in all this is that being involved with a team, being involved in that community is a lot like the Christian faith. It's a lot like the early church, man. You're coming in and you're giving all you got to this group, to this fold of people, and and you got each other's back. If you need me or I need you, that's the one thing about this that I've noticed. Uh, Striving for the same goal, as Paul talks about in the scriptures, you know, I run this race and not not for a corruptible crown, but for an incorruptible crown. And and I really feel like uh, sports, uh, not anything in excess is not good. Let's just be honest. But I really feel like the foundation that sports lays lays that same foundation for, hey, this is what it's going to be like if I enter the kingdom of God, if, I, if I'm walking in the fold of him and, and being, a, being a part of his team for the incorruptible crown that, that's going to last forever. So um, I think it's super important that, that we surround ourselves at this moment of time and, and promote the gospel in this area. And that's one thing that you're doing there. So what, what are you seeing, Holden? Uh, I know our, our culture's shifting a little bit and things are, are looking a little sour, but we know we win in the end, so everything's yeah. going to be great. So what, what are you seeing and what are you combating there? Because you're, you're heavily – you're not only in, uh, you know, like say in middle school or in high school, but you're at the collegiate level as well dealing with these student athletes. What are you seeing there? Yeah, so uh, just kind of thinking to myself, you know, you get – it's a lot of different dynamics at every level. You know, it's like you said, I'm in middle schools, I'm in high schools, I'm at collegiate level. So you, you get a, you get kind of like a various different, you know, uh, kind of stages obviously in life because they're all at different stages and all different walks of life. You know, in middle school, uh, you see a, a lot of young students that it seems as if middle schoolers, to me, in my opinion, they just, it's like they gravitate to it a little bit more. It's like they're still, they're in this phase of like, searching and really like looking and attentive in a sense of like okay this is this is something that i want to listen to this is something that i want to know more about high school uh for lack of better way to put it a lot of times they're in that phase and i think we've all been there you know too cool for school almost like yeah. man i got it figured out you know oh man this is this is what i'm doing and then college you know when you're when you're talking to college students a lot of times it was like even talking to the lacrosse team um it's it's almost like they they relate a little better because they've went through a little bit more. It's like they've always heard about this college life and these different things, and maybe many of them have went through different things in college, and now they're really kind of seeing, well, it's isn't all maybe it's cracked up to be. And so, you know, kind of going back to the sports uh, of it all, you know, you get a group of kids or a group of students or a group of young men and women that are passionate about this game that they're playing, I mean, it just it shows that they can put in the work and the effort to get better at something. You right. know what I'm saying? And so 
they're they're coming together as a team and they're coming together as individuals and they're all focused on this common goal and, and you know for me uh you know working with SCA if I can get if I can get the coach bought into what we're doing and if I can get the coach on board I mean you know obviously the the, the plus of it all is if the coach is a Christ follower I mean if they're a Christ follower then they're all they're all hands on deck of like, yeah, man, let's implement some great things that'll give them, you know, the foundation that they need other than just sports. Because I'll be honest with you, growing up in Gaffney and being here in Gaffney, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it's football. I mean, it's Gaffney football. When you talk about Gaffney, it's the winningest school in South Carolina in football. We just won the state championship this past year, went 15 and 0. Oh, wow. 5A football. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal, and so when you when you keep pushing football, I've seen so many times that you've got a lot of great kids and great athletes when it comes to football, but that's all they have. And when all that's gone, it's like, well, where do they turn to now? Well, a lot of the kids are, are going into the streets. A lot of the kids are going after the money that they see on social media that their their buddies are trying to shoot for and go for, you know? And so it's a, it's a fine line between saying, okay, hey, like, Sports are the foundation, or sports are a tool and an opportunity for me to use a stronger foundation, which is Jesus, to be able to carry that out in my life. And so, you know, I think that, you know, sports is obviously a great outlet. I'll be honest, FCA to me is just a vehicle. It's, it's a vehicle for us to be able to put the gospel in and transport it across not only our country, but our world today. So that's kind of what I see on a daily basis. But yeah, definitely. And, and I think that, uh, if you if you relate that to scriptures, First Peter five ten it says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxiety anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have received, after you have suffered a little while." The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, and strengthen, and establish you. And, and, and I think it's like you said, you know, once they get to college, uh, they, they've they've tasted a little bit of this, this worldly life. Because you know they're, everybody's going to dabble. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, everybody's going to have their, their place. But but that brotherhood, that that morale that brings people together, that that's what's going to bring them and keep them in that fold. And, and I found this on online here. It's 12 inspiring Bible verses for athletes. It talks about preparation, winning, losing, and perseverance, and, and, and sportsmanship, and competition. It talks about all these things. And if you think about it, all those things that I just mentioned are, are the, same, the same in the church. If, if you're in the church and you're in the kingdom of God, you've got to, you've got to prepare You've got to prepare um, with, you know, with the word, with the scriptures, prepare for the battle, prepare for the fight. Um, and I'm like you holding, I've, I've been coaching middle school basketball for the past five years. And, uh, and every day we go in, we pray, uh, we take prayer requests. We live our life in front of them. We let them know we're transparent to them. We let them see, you know, where we're at, and where we're living. And this year, um, we had two two boys give their life to Jesus, two eighth grade boys this year, Amen. and um, it, and it was like 
and, and I'll never forget the night on the one of them. We can't, we had just, we finished top eight in the state in middle school basketball. And I mean, we're from a, a little town of what Roman there's 800 of us here. Maybe, <laughs> you know, and I mean, we finished in the top yeah. eight and if our guard hadn't got hurt, we probably would have made it to the final four, maybe a championship game. But anyway, that, that night when it was over with Holden, it was just like, it was so surreal that, Hey man, my time, I've been with these boys for four years, you know, since they were in the fifth grade. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. so I'm going home and, and one of the boys, daddy had called me about a month before that, telling me that he was worried about his boy, you know, and said, coach, will you just pray that he'll receive the Lord? And, and he hadn't yet, you know, holding and, uh, so we, yeah. we got beat, we drive home, you know, 70 miles away, we're driving back and, and I'm thinking about this kid and, and, uh, I'm laying in the bed and I cannot shake him and I'm laying there just praying, God, please, this is on a Saturday night. God, please yeah. spare this boy. You know, uh, I, I know that he's searching. I know that he's hungry. And, and the next day we, we were in church and we came out after church was over and, and I kid you not, it was the craziest thing ever. The boy and his daddy are standing in the parking lot and they motioned me. They're like, Hey, come over here. And, uh, so I get over there and, and I call the kid bear man. And I'm like, and his dad goes, tell him. And, uh, he said, I gave my life to Jesus this morning. And I thought, man, hallelujah. And then the next week after that, another one. So, you know, what, what you're sowing and what you're pushing into these kids, it's not returning void at all. And, and I can, and I can say you're right about the high school. Cause we just, we got hired, uh, in two towns over, we took over the girls varsity basketball team. And, and I could tell that, uh, it's a little different culture, but I mean, I, I'm still open and talk about them, but you could tell they're not as receptive at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think too, you know, what the culture and stuff we live in, and this is what I, I share a lot. There's, there's so much for everybody. There's so much noise that we hear every single day. And what I mean by that is not like a horn honking or a train going down. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is there's so many different words and people and music and all these people that are just like sowing in all kinds of different words that we're listening to in our life. And so a lot of times it's like, okay, well, which way do I go? What do I really believe? What do I listen to? You know, those kind of things. And so I think that as these young people are constantly, I, I say this all the time. I mean, and I'll, it's like we started out talking about it, you know, uh, Alabama. I mean, you know, music is a big deal. I think that music is, if not the greatest, one of the greatest influences in our culture today. You know, yes. So uh, I just think that as you, as you look, like I think about in First Samuel when you see, you know, where you have Samuel as a young boy and, and you know, he's in the temple and, and all he's ever heard, he's been listening to Eli, you know, like Eli's been this voice in his life that he's heard. And so, you know, as he's laying there at night, he's hearing this voice and it's really the, the Lord, you know? And so he keeps going to Eli, like he keeps going to Eli and finally Eli understands who he's hearing. And so he, he gives him instructions and, you know, he goes back and it was at that point, you know, where he begins to respond to the Lord. But, you know, I just think that in this culture, in this life we live in, we have to be able to let, you know, people know and younger people understand and know that, guess what, not all of these voices that you're hearing are really pointing you in the direction that you need to go, you know. And so right. I, think, I think about that. But one of the greatest things that I can 
I can think of is not necessarily I got character coaches. So for SBA, you know, we got I started out, and I mean, you know, I started last year, and so I'm a I'm an area rep. I'm the only full time area rep in Cherokee County, so it's it's hard. I'm bouncing around. I'm going to this this athletic team, that athletic team, really just trying to get get around. And so, you know, I might not get but one day a week with one specific team. And so, you know, my prayer was like, okay, God, like send me some laborers who are, you know, willing to go out and labor for the harvest that, you know, is out there. And so we, we've got some, some guys and, and some girls that's come in that went through the E3 training with FCA and, and they're character coaches now. And so I've been able to lock them in and plug them in to specific teams so that they're getting them every day and not just once a week. And, and I think a big word that comes to mind for me is consistency, man. Like they yes. need that consistency. Like they've got to, you know, here's the thing. The more that they're around something, the more that they're exposed to something, I don't, it's not my duty, you know, as a Christ follower to just go up to these athletes, take the Bible and just smack them over the head with it. You exactly. Know what I'm like, that's yes. That's not what I have to do. But basically if I'm consistently in their life, then they're able to see something different. They're probably able to sit there and wonder what exactly is this all about? And God might, you know, begin to minister and, and, and prick their hearts to where they're like, Hey coach, let me ask you this. Or what do you think about this? Or coach, man, I'm struggling with this. Could you pray for me? And so I just think that the consistency is very important when it comes to ministering to these athletes. I mean, you think about it, a coach that's coaching an athletic team, you know, Obviously, if a if a if a athlete comes on to a team, like let's think about your son. I mean, you know, he's he's playing at you know limestone for the lacrosse team. You know, he gets to visit and he meets the coach, and you know, he's just got a very kind of broad, uh, very just surface level understanding or impression of that coach. But the more time he spends around him, the more time that he's practicing for him and he's playing for him he gets a better image of exactly who this coach is. And so I just think it goes back to that consistency. If we can be consistent in their life and we can just consistently show them the love of Jesus and what that looks like, then that's what will begin to kind of change and transform and move their hearts, you know? Holden, Holden, I like what you said right there because there's no telling how many coaches identify as Christian. Mm. You know, it's in our world today, just about everybody in America identifies as as, as Christian or, or faith believing, you know, there's the, you know, what you do when everybody's looking and then there's the locker room talk, Yeah, you yeah. know, and, or what, how the coach communicates to players on the field or in the game. And, you know, there can be a lot of, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Right now I'm, I, now I get it. I mean, I, I was an athlete and, and you can't always talk to athletes and, you know, it's not always butterflies and roses. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you got to shuck the corn. Sometimes you got to, you know, get on somebody you know, or, or, or try to get them pumped up. But all the vulgarity, the cussing, the foul language, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, the filthy talk. And I think that that's a, you know, that's something that happens in the locker room. I was in the locker room one time. And yeah. and you used to talk about the or you you said earlier something about the music. Yeah. Man, we, we used to listen to Disturb Down with the Sickness. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that was we we would feed these songs in into ourselves and it was almost like to me, inviting unclean spirits in. Oh, it is, definitely. And it, and that goes back to it's not what goes in, but what's come out, but what goes in is what's coming out, you know. So, That's right. Uh it's um I think you said it earlier too that 
you've got a plethora of people from every kind of different socioeconomic background and and religious background. I mean, you know, you know, in our little town, we we just dealt with: Are you Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian? What are you? Or Quaker or whatever? But now, you know, it's like: Are you Muslim? Are you are you Buddhist? Are you this? Are you that? There's all kinds, you know, coming together, and um, and and everybody in our, in our country has the freedom to express that religion, you know, and and what they believe. So it's uh, it's it's vital and it's pivotal, like you said, to be to be present and. And let them gain your trust, so they know that hey, no matter you know whether whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I know how they're going to react. I know what they're going to stay, and I and I know where they, they stand. Uh, because in 2014, listen, 19 percent of people reacted negatively to to Tim Tebow wearing the John 316. 49 percent reacted positively, and 32 percent were indifferent. And here's the biggest negative kick. On all these, like like you said, Roman, everybody everybody knows Jesus. Oh, yeah, I know him. And everybody thanks God and all these speeches. This is the one negative that people are all talking about. They only hear it when something good happens from an athlete, when things are going good. Yeah. And, and when things are going good, it's easy to say, thank you, God. I, I thank you, Lord. Just but, like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, yeah. First thing for, that comes yeah, out of the mouth. For the opportunity. <laughs> but, but what are you saying when things are going bad, when you, when, when you don't want to rejoice, and and that's the biggest negative they're saying. Hey, where where is this at when things are going bad? When when we lose? When we're not doing? When we're not getting that playing time? How are we reacting when uh, when things just aren't going our way? When we're beat up? When we're injured? It's how you walk through those things. We had a guy on on a podcast earlier. Um, was it this season? Bryce Choate. Yes. He he was uh, he ran track at ORU, and uh, and he started the ministry dealing with athletes with depression and. He he got rattled, had a, a mass in his chest, and and a lot of things happened to him. And the Lord used that to bring him into His ministry. But it's it's how are you going to react in those moments, Holden? You know that uh, are you going to glorify God in the good, or are you going to glorify God in the bad? And that's where the coach comes in to set that line and say, Hey, this is how we live, this is how we react, and this is how you follow the Father. Would you agree? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mechapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senor Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. Yeah, ain't no doubt. I think, I think y'all hit on something good when you, when you were just talking about feet. I mean, 
you know, it's, it, it's like Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defiles a man, but what comes out, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I just think there's been so many instances in my life where, and I think the good thing is this, I mean, I get around, you know, I've been able to establish relationships with players, with coaches. So it, it, it's as if they, you know, I, I was yesterday, I was around them at the spring game for Gaffney, and, you know, you'll have a player that'll slip up and cuss, and I'm standing over near them, like, oh, I'm sorry, coach, you know, and it's like, you know, obviously they they feel bad about that, you know, when they do that. But, you know, a lot of times my question to not just players but coaches is, let me ask you this. You, you look at me and you see me and let's just take the fact that I'm a pastor out of the equation. You obviously, if you spent some time with me, you know that I claim to be a Christ follower. You know that there's something different about me. Well, what if, for instance, you know, you saw that and you acknowledged that, but then there were times where I was throwing around, you know, these – these four-letter words and, you know, let, let a few of these words rip. What would you – I said, I said, would this begin to have an effect on the way you looked at me? And, and every time they say, yes, it would. And so, you know, I just tell them, I'm like, you know, you stub your toe and you said a, a four-letter word. I mean, you're not going to hell for that. But you got to understand something that so many times in Scripture, especially in the Proverbs, like, you know, Proverbs 4, 24, it says, avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. You know, I mean, it's like you you see all these warnings about, like, the things you say has a big impact about the way that people view you. Like, I can hang around somebody for 10 or 15 minutes, and, you know, I get a pretty good idea about the way they talk of what kind of person they are, really. I mean, that's just kind of like, I know that's kind of, you know, unfair in a sense. You spent 15 minutes, and I'm not saying I've understood the depths of who they are, but, you know, for me, I can get cranked up and passionate about something and never say a cuss word like never say anything <laughs> like that you know yeah. I, mean, I can absolutely just go you know and and the thing about it is i just think that it i think we're in a day and age and a time i spoke to the middle school football team at gaffney the other day and i just talked to them about you know they they nowadays i mean you go to little league travel ball tournaments and they're getting rings for second place i'm like are you kidding me right now mm. like you're giving out rings at these little youth tournaments for second place it's almost like you know limestone lacrosse if they win a national championship and get rings you know it's kind of like you've taken away the whole thing like you're getting them in little league you know but anyway middle school they got a ring for winning their conference and so they had this little ring and so uh i was just talking to them about a ring versus relationship you know because here's the thing this is you know we read we read romans 10 13 and yeah how do we come to know jesus christ well Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Like, we need to believe in Jesus, obviously, and we have to confess our sins. But for me, as I read through Scripture, it doesn't stop there. Like, if I say I belong to Jesus, then guess what? There should be this fruit in my life. Come you know, on. As I grow in Christ, there should be this fruit that shows that I belong to Him. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, hey, me and my wife celebrated nine years of marriage this uh this past, well, this week, um, on Wednesday, nine years of marriage. And I said, you know, when you get married, most of the time, you know, you, you, you put a ring on each other's finger. And, you know, I asked the kids, I said, let me ask you something. I said, let's just say I put a ring on my wife's finger on that wedding day in May eight, on May 18th, 2013. And I had nothing to do with her. And I didn't talk to her. And I didn't spend time with her until our anniversary, until the day we got married. I said, I did nothing with her until that day. Do you really think that our life and our marriage would have lasted or we would still be together? And obviously they say, you know, no. And I said, it's the same thing with Jesus. Like I read Revelation, I think it was 320, where he says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm. 
And if anyone answers, I will come in. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, this is what we want. Like, I can ask these athletes, how many of y'all know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And you'll have hands raised everywhere. I mean, they all raise their hand. Like, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Well, the thing about it is we know how we ask Jesus or how, how we come to know Jesus. But what happens next? Like, what's after that? You know, it says, he stands at the door and knocks, and he comes in, but I love the last part of it. He says, I will come in and share a meal with you like a friend mm. does with a friend. And I tell him, it's not just about a ring. It's about a relationship. And I think that's where <laughs> so many individuals have missed the mark today. It's like, you know, okay, well, I checked that off my list. I went to church on Sunday, or I asked it. You know, like, he could give a rip list about how many times I say the Lord's Prayer before I go out and I play this game. Like, you don't give a rip. I mean, the thing about it is he wants a relationship with him. And so, you know, I just think that today, you know, what's happened is, is like you started off and said, you've got a coach that says, yeah, man, I love Jesus. And then all of a sudden, that mother, blah, 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 (laughs) and it's it's like, you you got this player that says, well, dang, if coach is a Christian, then, Hey man, I, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So you know, I just think I think we send I think we send mixed signals. I'm not the guy that comes. I want any player, no matter where they're at, no matter what they say, any coach. I want them to feel comfortable enough to come to me because I'm gonna be real with them, I'm gonna be truthful with them, I'm gonna be honest with them. I'm gonna say, you know what? I used to struggle with cussing. I was like, man, there's no way I can quit saying this. But I realized really quick, like that, I was able to turn it on and turn it off when I got around certain people. I didn't talk that way. When I got around other people, I did. So it showed me. I was capable and able to not talk that way and not, not do those things. And, you know, something else we can talk about is, you know, I, I get I get a lot of times as a pastor, it's like, you know, they want us to, you know, the, the kids' ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry, student ministry, like, you know, what do you guys got for students or what do you guys got for kids? And I'm like, well, you know, we got a good, got a good program and stuff. But the, the sad thing about it is this, it, it's that these parents, and these people, they'll put so much emphasis on us for an hour and a half of the week to teach their kids all about Jesus. But then they walk back in the home and spend every single day during the week in the home. And it's like, what are you teaching them? Yeah. What are you showing them? And so, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, you know, the sad thing is, is you know, Darius over here, he's coming and he's getting Jesus because I'm able to share it with him. But he's walking back in this home over here. And he's catching every part of evil that you could possibly think of from the guardians that are supposed to be, you know, taking care of them, you know? Right. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of times what, what I've seen in, in my experience is um, a lot of times the team, if that team is Christian base and the coach is Christian base, that's about the only Jesus they ever see. Yeah. And uh, that's the only Bible they ever get to read. And, and it's in your life, you know, and it's, it's how you're walking, how you're talking how you present yourself and, and those things. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think about my biggest struggle as a coach and what I've had to deal with is, you know, you're like, we're going out there and we're grabbing them by the neck and we're having no mercy, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, <laughs> we don't like them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you got, and I'll never will forget this whole night. I, I used to have this ritual with, with the middle school boys 
before every game, I would meet them under the under the rim, and we would have a, a like a just a big pep talk before we would go play. And I gave it, a, I was giving it against our biggest rivalry. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I was just like, no mercy, blah, 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 blah. And, and then as soon as we broke the huddle, Rome, I never will forget, I was walking back toward where you were. <laughs> and the Lord says, that's not who I am. Huh. Mm. And I thought, really? And I thought, oh, and I thought, so I'm, I'm teaching these to, to be this way. And the Lord's saying, hey, I, that's, that's not who I am. And then, then all I could hear in my head was, uh, Mark, if you love your life, you will lose it. <laughs> and I'm like, dear Lord. So, so, you know, we, we, the Lord will, will raise us to victory, but we have to be humble enough to, you know, that if we, if we lose, we got to deal with it, but, but we got to uh-huh. love our enemies, bless those who curse you. You know, and I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, what are you trying to teach me here, Lord? So there's a fine line, um, you know, and again, it comes back to everything the world has taught us, everything the world has promoted to us is totally wrong. It's totally wrong. If we don't, if we don't address these kids, if we don't address each other, like this Bible tells us to address, then we're going about it wrong. So we have to be in tune with that. So we can teach those people that are guardian dairy. So, Hey, this is what you're going to have to do when you get home. You know, you're, you want me to, to handle all the responsibility here, but here's the deal. God's given him to you. You're going to have to do something, you know? And, and I think it spreads out from our teams and the, and the people that we're dealing with in the athletic, it spreads out to the home and the parents see it. And I've seen time and time again to where the kid gets involved and then the parent gets involved. And the Lord just yeah. just flows through it, so uh, it's it's vi- vital where we stand. I think too, you know, when you're talking about like, okay, how where's the line that I draw between like, you know, we're gonna go out and 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 knock these guys' heads off, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, we're, but you know, I think that personally, you know, as far as sports or or our jobs or anything we do, I mean, I think Jesus for for Christ followers. He wants to use our passions as a platform. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. think that's what – I think we can't lose sight of that. So you've got, you know, this this kid that's going out and playing lacrosse at Limestone. I mean, obviously. I mean, he should want to go out and compete because he's passionate about this game, you know, and, it, and it's fun to him and he enjoys it. But if he's a Christ follower, you know, he, he's been put in a certain position and he's able to use his passion – as a platform, you know, I yes. think I think in my mind it's like you know Jesus. He calls you know Peter, and he has Peter over there, and he's like you know Matthew four. He's like, hey man, you know you used to fish for fish, but now I'm going to call you going to be fishers of men. Yeah. You know, you guys are going to be fishers of men, and so I, I think in my mind, obviously he left that day and he began to follow Jesus. But I'm sure you know there were many times where he'd go hop in the boat with probably some of these other guys or some of these people or go on the shore of Galilee and and cast the line because he loved to fish. But the fact of the matter was he wasn't just carrying out his passion of fishing for a catch of an actual fish. He was actually in a position and a place now to take this passion and use it as a platform to tell people about this guy he's following now, which is Jesus. And so I I just think to myself, I'm like, you know, like the Tim Tebow's or, you know, like these guys that, you know, took a stand on their faith. They're passionate guys. I mean, you look at Tim Tebow's, 
you know, on-field speeches, locker room speeches. I mean, he's jacked up. He's fired up. He loves the game of football. <laughs> but when you talk to him, even in those speeches or even after games, win, lose, or draw, his greatest passion is Jesus. And yeah. I think we can't lose we can't lose sight of that as Christ followers because as a world is continually living in the darkness and living in sin, they've got to be able to look at a Christ follower and see that, guess what, no matter how glim or how dark or how hard it is, they're seeing light. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I'll Go ahead, Ron. And you know, Hayden, the, using your passion as a platform, that uh, Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, verse number 10, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. Yeah, use yeah. your use your gift for the Lord. I, I think, you know, all of us three definitely in this room, many of our listeners are gonna be athletes, you know, in, in the past. But how do we how do we move that forward? How do we instill, you know, that one day the I hate to say it, but the game's gonna end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the game's gonna end. And if we if we the things that I learned on that field, sportsmanship, how to respond to adversity, you know, um, how to bounce back after a loss. These yeah. are, there are spiritual applications right there. Yeah. You know, and I learned a lot of that in sports. And, you know, I, as I look back on my time with my coaches, you know, I had a couple coaches that were, men of God and they got, but not all of my coaches were strong men of faith. I mean, you know what? They wanted us to win. Yeah. They wanted us to win. And, and what happens when you don't win? That's the big question. Mm. You know, what Mm. happens when you don't win? And I'll tell you what, man, when you, when you lose, sometimes it's hard to, as a team to, to come back from that. Well, in life, how do we respond to the losses in life? Yeah. I think so many times we think that failure is final. Yeah. Failure is not final in Jesus name. The Bible says if a man falls down seven, he'll get up eight, you know? So we have to learn how to respond to adversity. And I remember I made a statement one time, um, at, a. And, and you guys, we can we can try to unpack this right here. I was talking to some people, and I said, I want, I want to teach my team how to respond to the loss. I've never been part of a state championship team, and all of my teams have just kind of been middle of the road. <laughs> but yeah. the 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 area that we've grown that we've grown up in, Paul Paul and I, you know. Every, every teleco team is just middle of the road. But for whatever reason, people think that we got to make the playoffs every year. we got to compete for state every year. And there's this high expectation to win. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you got to win, baby, win as a – what was that guy for the Raiders? Al Davis. Al, Al Davis. Davis, you got to yeah. win, baby, win. And to me – when we put that pressure on these kid, on these athletes to win, 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 I don't really think that's fair. What I what I have tried to I, I mean, I coach a little league, and um, I believe it was Herm Edwards who said, "You play to win the game." But in my with my as a coach, 
you know, I say we play to win, but I want them to have a desire to compete. That's the main thing for me. And if our team can compete and you can get the best out of that athlete and you can see, and you can see what that kid is given, there's going to come times when man, the other team was just better. Oh yeah. You know, so tip your hat to them and you see, that's what we call sportsmanship. And let me tell you, man, there's a lot of Christian people who are bad sports. Like, just bad at losing. They do not like to lose. And mamas and daddies who they just act out on the, on the ball field or in the gym. You know, it's funny. She just said that because it's spring game last night. There's a, one of the referees. He was, I was just talking to him and he's, he umpires up at the, the complex for here in Gaffney too. And, you know, my kids are real young. They're six, four, and two. So, I mean, they ain't got to the point of, like, you know, playing really up there. My oldest is a little girl. She dances and stuff. But, anyway, you know, I was talking to him. He, he was talking about up at the complex of the week. I mean, this is this is Little League Baseball now. Little League Baseball and Little League Softball. Just absolute rear-end showing parents <laughs> just fighting, cussing. Yeah. I mean, having to, like – I mean, it's, it's throwing down up here at this complex. And I, I'm sitting here – I'm just saying to myself, I'm like, this is sad, man. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm the guy that gets up. I spoke at the baseball team uh, for Gaffney, the high school baseball banquet the other week. And I just told him, I said, I'm just truthful with him. I said, obviously, my kids haven't got older yet. Heaven forbid I ever get to this point. But I said, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Not every one of your kids is going to go play college sports. I said, not every one of your kids is going to get that starting job you want. But I said, I can guarantee you. Every one of your kids is going to stand before Jesus Christ. Yes. And I said, it is, it is amazing to me. I say this on Sunday mornings all the time. These parents will get so spun out over their little league kids baseball game. And they'll say, yeah, I love Jesus. But they look like on a Sunday morning that they could kill somebody when it comes to worship. Because guess what? They look (laughs) so miserable in the presence of God. And I'm just like, you know, I'll look at this, and I'm looking at these parents do all this stuff, and I just want to look at them and be like, you know what? And we wonder why generation after generation keeps rising up. And it's like, oh, well, that you know, obviously they're watching their parents, they're seeing their parents, and they're beginning to see like, well, my, care, my parent cares more about toting me around on a weekend to a baseball and softball tournament than they do about putting me in a place where I can experience the presence of Jesus. You know, yeah, That's so, true. I don't know, man. It just it gets me it gets me frustrated because I'm like, you know, man, if we got that worked up, if, if we got that worked up and that passionate about serving and walking and just growing and sharing the love of Jesus Christ, man, it, it would be mind blowing of what this world could look like, you know. Yeah, I've got a great quote right here that uh, I found. It says, "There is a zero point two nine six percent chance that your child will become a professional athlete." and a .0086% chance that your child will become a famous celebrity. Mm. But there is a 100% chance your child will stand before God. So get them to church. <laughs> That's true. L- listen to this. Uh, the studies show that when people are, have religion and spirituality in their life, it enhances performance in sports. As with any human being, athletes face a, their fair share of challenges and often cite religion 
as a key factor in overcoming adversity. I'm not big on that religion. Uh, it's spirituality that helps overcome the adversity. Uh, but anyway, they're chasing the ring and not the relationship is what it boils down to. And, and when they have that relationship, that game's going to go better. You're going you're going to be able to to perform whether it's joyous or or bad. You're going to be able to stand in the spirit of God and and who He is and and flow and function in the fruit of the spirit. And that's the problem. There's no relationship, so the fruit is tainted. So people acting a fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, I was at a little league little league baseball game the other day, and there were two police officers. <laughs> And I, I was like, guys, what's going on here? And they said, we had a physical altercation last night. And I thought, gosh, man, these, what's going on? Mm. And it's crazy. We're living in this crazy culture where sports has become an idol, guys. Yeah, it has. Well, and I think too, you know, it comes down. There's so many people that are that are that are walking through just so many different avenues of just uh uncontentment and you know discontentment just kind of you know anger just uh regret it's all these different things they're dealing with and i think that you know one of the greatest things just like you said like is is being a christian and being a christ follower obviously i mean i watch you know i remember tim tebow i think when they got beat by old miss you know that year and he gets up and he makes a, a commitment that they, they'll you know get over this, move forward. I can't remember that word, but I think that was the year they went on to win a national championship. But anyway, you know, obviously it broke his heart and it hurt him. But, you know, we don't, as Christ followers, our peace and our joy is not hinged upon any of these world circumstances. Right. You know, I had last month uh, in April, I mean, we were expecting our fourth child, me and my wife, and, you know, our, our, our girl, our little girl at 17 weeks, her heart, heart stopped beating. I mean, she... You know, go to the doctor's appointment and, you know, find out her heart's not, you know, beating. She's, she, she's died. She died. She died, you know. And so she's oh, in there. And, and to top it all off, you know, at 17 weeks, my wife is going to have to deliver, you know. And so it's uh, it throws you for a loop. I mean, you've got, you know, three healthy kids and you've never had an issue and everything's great. And it's like, boom, you know, you get up on a stage and preach about how, this world is painful and you know, there's so much evil in this world, but when it gets personal, it's like, wow, how do you respond to that? Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of sadness and grief and hurt, but you know, it was, it was Easter week. I was on a Monday, she mm. gave birth to her uh, on a Tuesday, April 12th, Highland Bridges pool. We gave birth to her. You know, we, we had a memorial service for her on a Friday, which was good Friday. And I preached that memorial service. And there was a lot of people that said, Man, how in the world? How in the world did you do that? Or how did you, you know, do that and then preach a Good Friday service at church Friday night and preach two messages on Sunday? And and all I can tell them is, is I have this peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean, obviously, there's this, you know, moments of hardship and and mom, moments where you know you have this sadness, but mm -hmm. you know, I have this faith and I have this hope, you know, that you know what, Colin is in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And so for me, there's nothing, there's no loss. There's no hardship. There's no pain in this world that can strip that away from me in the future. And so I think when you have individuals that have that inside of them, obviously you still want to win. Obviously 
you're fighting for this championship. You know, Paul, he says, hey, like I'm pressing towards this goal, mm-hmm. you know, of perfection. He says, you know, I'm not, I'm not possessed perfection, you know, but guess what? I'm still going to press on to possess that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. guess what? Hey, focus on this one thing of forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So, yep. you know, I just think that I think the way Christ followers carry themselves and especially the way they act in moments of loss, defeat, or crisis, it really shows tried and true who they belong to and, and what they what they live for each day of their life, you know? That's true. That's actually the weekend that I was in, in Gaffney and, and reached out to you that, that Titus was telling me about you. And and, uh, and I, rem- I remember in, in my spirit, I was like, I, I've got to get a hold of this guy. And um, So I found you on Facebook and I sent it and, and then uh, – Titus was like, yeah, they're, I think their baby just passed away that, you know, they're having a service this weekend. And my wife's like, leave them alone right now. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I was like, I already sent it, you know, and, uh, and, and yeah. you guys responded, you know, and, and I thought yeah. and, and when you responded in that moment and I knew what was going on, I thought, man, uh, you know, to respond and continue to, to do the father's work in that moment shows where you shows where you, uh, you're putting your money where your mouth is. You know what I mean? Well, it was, I mean, and, and honestly, um, Holden, I'm sorry to hear about uh, your daughter. What a tragedy. But that kind of goes back to what I said. How do we respond to the losses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. You know, because in life, we're going to face adversity and losses. And if all we ever do is win, baby, win. And like, yeah. now, now granted, you know, I mean, I want to win. But some of the best movies are these comeback stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have you guys ever watched Rocky three? Mm. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. who doesn't love to watch Rocky <laughs> or how about Rocky four? I like all of them, you know, <laughs> uh, Rocky five. I mean, eh, six. And then, I mean, it kind of gets a little convoluted after that, but that resonates with us. And everybody mm. loves that underdog story or or coming back or fighting through adversity. Well, spiritually, that's our story every day. Amen. Right? Yeah. Um, that enemy that we face is mightier than we are. But thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. There is victory in the name of Jesus. So, um, yeah. so men, let's try to uh, hold on. I know he got to get to a birthday party, party. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude. So let's try to land this plane. Uh, let's yeah. get your closing thoughts. Thank you for being on the show. And then uh, we'll let Paul wrap it up and then we'll call today. You know, first of all, thank you guys for having me on here. I, I hate, you know, we got to, you know, cut a little bit short. I got to, you know, go to my, my daughter's birthday party. But, you know, for me, I think that, uh, you know, when we planted Rock Solid Community Church and we, we started that, you know, here in Cherokee County, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of simplistic. I kind of go off the hip. I'm spur to moment. We just go with things and really just kind of thinking of the name and then putting the kind of logo together. My heart, my desire, our logo, if you looked at it, it's, it's a house is what it is. It's Rock Solid Community Church and it's got a house. And so, um, you know, my, my heart's desire was not to have some – you know, huge gathering every single Sunday to where we just, you know, pack people in a building and we just, you know, toot, toot our horns as if we're the reason why they're there and it's all about us because obviously that's not the case. But my heart, my desire was to minister and to reach the homes of individuals because I believe if there's any area that's 
Satan is attacking today, it's our home. Amen. I believe it's our home. I believe that if he can divide, if he can, uh, you know, kind of like uh, dissolute, you know, what God has, you know, ordained and, and made the family and the home to look like in Scripture, then he's going to do it. And so, you know, for me and my heart, it's, it's that leaders in homes, families, parents, you know, they're, they're gathering together and they're understanding that just as Christ says, hey, I, I dwell inside of you. If you belong to me, you are the temple. Like I live inside of you. Then my heart and desire is, is to begin to see the homes in this community, you know, begin to be strengthened in Jesus Christ. You know, our Amen. theme verse is Matthew seven twenty five. You know, Matthew seven twenty five says, and the rains came and the and the floods came, the winds blew and they beat on the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. You know, there's so many things in this world in this life that fight for our attention every single day, and they want our attention and they want to draw us to them. And a lot of times when we put our eggs in this basket or we put our chips in this basket, we come to realize that it lets us down. And so I think it's so important to have a strong foundation. So, you know, for me, it, it, it's about, you know, getting to know individuals, getting to know these athletes, getting to know these coaches. But my heart and my soul is really in, like, you know, being able to allow these homes, allow these parents, allow these people to understand what a strong foundation looks like, and that's in Christ. And it doesn't mean that the rain's not going to come. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that the wind's not going to blow. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not going to beat on the house because it is, but it means that when it does happen, there's a strong foundation. So I just think that my heart of hearts as a church, my heart of hearts, uh, heart of hearts as, a, as a minister, as someone in this community, you know, with the uh, FCA and all these things, is – I want to see individuals that have claimed to know Christ or come to know Christ become strengthened in Christ so that they can withstand the blows that the enemy is going to throw with them. And yes. I, I just think it's, it's high time that, you know, us as big, bad, you know, men, we take a stand because not only am I seeing homes in, you know, disarray and, and destructed, you know, from sin, I'm seeing, you know, men who, we are so passionate about everything else in this world other than Jesus Christ. And I'm tired of seeing, you know, the women being spiritual leaders. Praise God for them. My wife is an amazing woman and does things that I can't do in our home. But it's, it's about time that we begin to see, you know, dads be dads and men be men and, and the husbands be husbands, you know. And so that's my prayer, man, is that God would just raise up a passion and that us as church and us as Christ followers and you guys as well, you know, where you're located, you know, we put an emphasis on, okay, it doesn't matter if we've got a, a huge, a huge group of men. Let's start with a few. Like, let's start with the ones, the handful that God's put in our life. And if we disciple them well and we minister them well, then guess what? They're going to do that to others. Amen. Dude, I'm getting amped up over here. I'm getting hyped. <laughs> I mean, that was like a game day speech right there. Hold <laughs> uh, well, but, I'll, say, I'll say this, too. I wanted to, I want to say this real quick. This was something I shared with uh, – your son Titus and them, and this is this has been a story that has stuck with me. And honestly, it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of something that I like to share from time to time. And I'm not going to go into the whole detail, but I'll never forget when I first came on on board as the chaplain. This was when I was a student pastor here in Gaffney before we went to Eastland. I was a chaplain for the football team at Gaffney. And the first time I spoke to this this team, I had a young man. He's a ninth grader afterwards, and he wanted to stick around and talk to me. Long story short. 
he, he sticks around, he talks with me, and he talks to me about, I talked about how Jesus is a father to the fatherless and how he does give us hope and he does give us peace. And so he said, he said, Coach, I ain't never had a dad. He said, my dad doesn't want anything to do with me. My dad don't want to be in my life. And he, he wanted to know more about Jesus. And I sat there for an hour with this, guy, this kid. And he, and he got to the end, and he was just like, I want Jesus in my life. And so I was able to sit there and lead him to Jesus and let him know who Jesus was and what wow. it meant to be saved and, and all these things. And I walked up to the top where the field house was, and I got up to the top where the field house was. And I was like, where's your, where's your parents? He's like, well, my mom's coming to get me. supposed to be, but she ain't here. I said, well, you may take you home. I said, yeah, I'll take you. He said, yeah, if you don't mind. So he gets in a truck. Well, about that time, his mom pulls up. His mom pulls up and cracks the window, rolls it down. I come up to it. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I was like, I just want you to know I got to spend some time with this young man. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was just telling him about, you know, and I could just smell, I could smell the weed. I could smell it. You know, I'm just sitting there. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. When they pulled away and went off, my heart just broke so bad. I began to just cry, man, because I knew the situation he was going back into. And mm. so, long story short, this kid, I try to pour into him. And I bring him to church on Sundays. I bring him over to the house. and he eventually falls into gang activity over the next couple of years. And, and I go to Easley, South Carolina to be a student pastor. And he's, he's off the football team and he's running around in gangs. And, and I get a, a phone call one day in Easley that says he's went to a juvenile detention center down in Columbia for armed robbery. And so uh, I go to visit this young man. And when I went to go visit this young man, I go into this place and it's a, you know, it's a full-blown, I mean, it, if you ain't never been to a prison or anything, I mean, this is close to barbed wire, people dressed there and, you know, whatever. So I go in there and I go sit in this room at this table to go see him. And, uh, you know, he comes in in handcuffs and they sit him down at this table and his head's down. And uh, I tell this story a lot because this, to me, is a picture of, it's a picture of what Jesus does for us. You know, he comes in, his hair's all messed up, nappy, and he sits down at the table. He don't want to look at me and, when he look, I look over at him and I call him by his name. I say, look at me, son. And he looks up at me. And all I could say to him was, I love you. Like, I love you. You know, and so, you know, that moment has been powerful in my life because as we talked for the next hour and a half and I brought him a Bible and I, uh, and I began to just talk to him and love on him and stuff, I asked him, I said, how many people have been down here to see you? And he said, nobody, none. And, you know, that, that goes hand in hand with what I'm talking about today. That breaks my heart. You know, it breaks my heart that we are raising a generation and we're looking at a generation that has has nobody consistently investing in their life, not just for wins on a football field, because like y'all said earlier, that comes and goes, but investing in their life to give them something that's more than football that'll walk with them and be with them and use them and allow them to be used for him, which is Jesus Christ, each and every day. So that's just been something I've shared with so many, you know, people going along is that, you know, we've got to be, uh, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus and minister to these athletes and minister to these coaches in that way, sense and form. So, yeah. Boom. Well, Holden, thank you for sharing that, man. Awesome story. Paul, help us land this plane. Holden, I appreciate you again, man. Uh, thank you for what you're doing and and for the, the mighty – Mighty one you stand for. Uh, as you were talking there, I've been doing a study with our youth in the back on love. And uh, yeah. this, this you, you talk about, you know, uh, Solid Rock, the foundation of your church and what you stand for. And, and, that, and when we have him as our foundation, we can, it, it, just, it, it boils down to this. 
it says in, in, in John, as he was, so are we in this world. And what, yeah. what was he in this world for? To bring us back to him. And once we're brought back to him, we're able to do what we've been charged to do. Prove that yeah. which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The Lamb of God, yeah. the man Jesus Christ. Holden, thank you, sir. I appreciate you, and I hope I hope we can stay in contact, and uh, we can we can somehow work together, man. I appreciate your heart and your spirit, man. Absolutely, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys, and go Saints. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, uh, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, Holden, do you have a, a way that people can reach out to you? Um, your, your website for your church or anything? Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if anyone wants to look us up, you can go to our webpage. It's rocksolidcommunitychurch.com, or you can go to Facebook, Rock Solid Community Church, Instagram, Rock Solid Community Church. You can go to any of those outlets, so we're on there. All right. Well, we appreciate you, brother. Also, if you like this episode, be sure to check us out on Truth Revival 37385 at Facebook. Holden Pool, thank you for coming on board. Paul Chapman, it's been a good one, buddy. Live the dream. All right. This has been Truth Revival. I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.